Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean Cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 354. First cruises are always memorable, especially if you're trying out a new cruise line. Brent took his family on Royal Caribbean's Oasis of the Seas after sailing on sister brand Celebrity Cruises for a while. This week's cruise story focuses on Brent's first Royal Caribbean cruise. Here we go. Going on a Royal Caribbean cruise, I think, is always a really fun experience and memorable in and of itself. But when it's your first Royal Caribbean cruise, that's something special. And for somebody who's not only going on their first Royal Caribbean cruise, but their first Royal Caribbean cruise after going on another cruise line, almost primarily or exclusively, that's a whole different experience altogether. And our cruise story this week looks at Brent and his family's first Royal Caribbean cruise after being a... I don't know what they call it, loyal to celebrity, celebrity cruisers. What? I don't know. We'll talk about that in a minute. Welcome to the podcast, Brent Ferguson. Thanks for having me. Good to be here. Absolutely. And uh, Brent, I know I've known you for a little bit now and got to know you and your family and baby Emma. And uh, having, I know you guys were, were big celebrity cruisers and then you decided to try Oasis of the Seas. So uh, how did this all come about? Yeah, I mean... Uh, we become elite members cruising with Celebrity, which is Diamond to Royal Caribbean. So we've done a lot of celebrity ships. And then uh, some friends of ours, we've been friends for over 10 years. We want to do a group cruise. And uh, Celebrity ships are, are nice, but they don't really they don't fit the group cruising dynamic. There's not a whole lot of activities on the Celebrity ships. And the, the Royal ships look like a lot of fun for, for a group of friends. What drew you to Oasis of the Seas? So we were looking for cruise deals, and, uh, <laughs> and Oasis of the Seas came up. And uh, some of our friends, they cruise uh, another cruise line a lot also, which was a, a lesser expensive option. But I, I sold them on Royal Caribbean, and look, we need to go on this ship. It's the biggest there is right now. There's this, this, and this that you can do, like the zip line, the flow rider, um, the the uh, uh, Central Park, the boardwalk. I mean, there's so much to do on the ship. And uh, so I sold them on it. They all booked. And then uh, we had to wait, I think, eight months before we actually went on the cruise waiting. Awesome. So what year was this cruise? What what year did you uh, book for Oasis the Seas? It was January 2015. So I think at the time, Oasis was about seven or eight years old. Yeah, so still relatively new, and obviously, you know, I think for like myself as well, we had done a couple of rail cruises before, but Oasis had so much attention for it because it was such a game changer that we decided to book it early on uh, for probably similar reasons. It's just it's hard to ignore the new hotness, as they say. Yeah, so like I didn't know a whole lot about Royal Caribbean. I hadn't come across your your blog yet either at the time. So, so everything I learned, I, I learned just by just Googling and, and looking over uh, uh, reviews on Cruise Critic. Um, but uh, yeah, when we finally got on board the ship, it was, uh, it was everything we, we thought it might be. I mean, the, the staff was nice and friendly. Everything was intuitive. Like we found our way to our stateroom just fine. We booked, uh, I think they were Central Park balconies. And that was one thing that we were a little concerned about was the Central Park balcony because of the proximity to the other cabin across the way and the privacy factor. Yeah. How did that work, end up working out for you? Because I know that's a concern that a lot of people have about those neighborhood balconies. 
it wasn't that bad because I mean the reflection on the glass you really can't see in the other cabins. Um, so I really wasn't that concerned about it. I mean, you wouldn't want to run around your cabin naked or anything <laughs> without your um, shut. But, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it wasn't it wasn't that bad. That's, who was, was by the way? Who was on this cruise with you? It was uh, our our friends uh, Billy and Becky and Tyler and Juliana. Okay, nice. That yeah, sounds, sounds like a great cruise. Yeah. Uh, so Becky was a man his best friend in college, and I worked with uh, Billy and Tyler at Home Depot uh, from like 2004 to 2012 or whatever. So I've known we've known each other over 10 years, and it was a it was a lot of fun. I don't know why we haven't booked another cruise since then altogether, <laughs> but, we're, <laughs> but we're working on a plan soon. Is all as uh, all this. Uh, pandemic is done so sure absolutely so you booked uh you booked oasis it's you and your wife and another couple that are cruising with you and going on oasis what are some what 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 stands out to you brent what's something that like you know what's the what's the when you think of that sailing what immediately jumps to mind the size of the ship immediately like it's a big ship and if you don't like any like movement and your ocean, like your ocean liner, that's the ship to go on, because it, <laughs> it felt like a floating hotel. So it was, uh, it was very smooth, and um, and then the next thing would probably be the diamond. Like since we, since we were elite on celebrity, we got diamond status on Royal Caribbean, and so we've never experienced anything else but diamond status on Royal Caribbean. Oh. And I was really impressed with the diamond service that you get compared to celebrities elite service. Cause in uh, what way? So like with world Caribbean, like you didn't have to go to their top tier event to get, uh, like drinks or, or anything like that. You could just go to any bar during happy hour and get your drinks, three, three included drinks per person that had diamond status. And that was, that was a really big deal. Cause we were, tr- we were traveling with our friends and they weren't diamond status, so if we went to these top-tier events, they couldn't get in, and we would have to leave our friends hanging. So to be able to go to a bar, any bar on the cruise ship, and get your drinks and still be able to hang out with your friends was a bonus. I mean, that was really nice. And uh, if you treat your bartender right, I mean, they can hook you up, and you can get some drinks for your friends. So it was very helpful. That's good to hear. Yeah, it's. You know, I like to talk a little more about about the general celebrity versus royal Caribbean experience for you because you've obviously cruised with celebrity a lot, and uh, since then you've cruised a little bit more on royal. So, uh, what's your what's your take beyond beyond the diamond perks and whatnot? <laughs> what's your what's your take on the celebrity versus royal Caribbean? Uh, I don't call it debate, but just comparison. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I see royal more as a a family friendly activity activity heavy cruise experience celebrity is more i the the they immerse you in the uh, destination a little more is is probably the best way i can explain it like you just you feel more immersed in the the uh, destinations that you go to there's not very much activities like they don't have the flow rider and they don't have zip lining and rock climbing and all that so there's more enrichment and entertainment and food that is a that makes celebrity a little bit different than than Royal Caribbean. Um, Royal Caribbean still has excellent food. I enjoy their food a lot, 
but uh, celebrity is just like a one notch better, I think. Okay, what do you what do you think celebrity does? What's what's something celebrity does better that the than royal in your opinion? Um, probably the the enrichment. I, I I'm kind of a nerd. I like going and learning stuff. So like they will mm-hmm. have the presenters. Like we went into a we went on an Alaska cruise on celebrity, and we also did a, a New Zealand cruise on celebrity. And they have people on board the ship, like uh, like naturalists and things who are experts on your destinations that you're going to that they'll do talks and they'll explain everything about all the animals and the places you'll see and the things you can go do. And you kind of you, you get an opportunity to learn about where you're going. So when you get there, you feel prepared and, 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 and ready to uh, do the best you can and enjoy the destination to its full potential. Where okay. Royal is more, yeah, they, Royal is like more like fun and energetic and they just want you to have a good time. And, uh, and with friends and family and uh, traveling with uh, with uh, that group of people, uh, Royal fits into that setting. Okay. Let's get back to the um, Oasis sailing because that makes I think what you're saying makes a lot of sense to me. Um, the what were some of the ports you visited? What's what were some of the excursions you did? So it was a it was a Western Caribbean cruise. Went to Labadee, which is our first stop, and then Jamaica and Cozumel. So it was our first time to Labadee and. Uh, I've always enjoyed going back to Labadee ever since then. The the beaches there are really nice. Um, the the water is always warm and clear. It's a nice place to relax and uh, have a nice beach day. Yeah, I mean, I love Labadee. It's it's my before the whole perfect day cookie, which is amazing. The uh, my my favorite private island destination was definitely Labadee. I just love the natural beauty that it has there. So I'm totally not surprised to hear that you really enjoyed it quite uh, as much as as I did there. Uh, how about some of the other places you visited? What were some of the excursions that you booked over there? In uh, Jamaica, we did the Duns River Falls, uh, and that was a lot of fun. We weren't sure what to expect. I have never done that excursion um, for two reasons. Number one, uh, there's it seems from all the photos and video I've ever seen, there's a lot of hand-holding with strangers, which is not my thing. And, sure. uh, num- and number two, I've heard there's some rather large spiders in Jamaica over there at Duns River Falls. Oh really? I did not see one large spider. So that's good to hear. Yeah, but the the hands holding thing is a thing. Um, <laughs> they don't want you falling down, I guess, and drowning. But I mean, it wasn't mandated. Like if they saw you not holding a hand, they weren't going to come yell at you. So we didn't hold hands that much. But the water was cold, and you go up the waterfall, so it's kind of strange. Hmm. You climb the waterfall. But, yeah, uh, it's one of those things that uh, there are certain excursions in the in the Caribbean that are like I don't notorious isn't the right word, but they're they're so they're still like so popular. Uh, Duns River Falls in Jamaica, Stingray City in Grand Cayman, uh, you know Atlantis to some extent in in the Bahamas. They're like when you think of certain islands, like that's immediately what people usually bring up. And it's just funny that I have not been to Duns River Falls for. You know, whether that's by preference or not, different discussion, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah. but we'll leave it at that. Uh, we, what was your other port you visited? Uh, Cozumel. So it was our first time to Cozumel as well. Uh, we did a, a snorkeling trip. We booked third party on the snorkeling trip, and uh, the snorkeling there was uh, fantastic. It was really nice. The water was clear, and it was, I guess, it was January, so it it wasn't that cold, but I guess the water doesn't really get cold down in Cozumel. But. No, it's usually pretty warm. 
yeah. not too bad over there. Yeah. Um, what did it, you, you met some of the dining on, on Oasis. Did you do any specialty? Were you guys just in the main dining room, Louis Jamer? What was your experience like eating wise on Oasis <laughs> so, of the Seas? Yeah, so back uh, in 2015, I think Royal was trying out the three different, uh, like the Grand, uh, American Icon, and Silk, I think. Mm-hmm. So we were at the Grand level. And so we did MDR most of the time. And we did, it was our friend Billy, it was his birthday during the cruise. So we did eat at Chops for his birthday, which was really awesome. It was our first time eating there, of course. And I got hooked on the black pepper bacon appetizer, I think. Hmm. I think it's like the pork belly that they, they do something. It's, it's fantastic. I don't know if you've tried it there or not. I have not, but uh, yeah, this it's. I'm not surprised <laughs> to hear that though. That, it's, that it was pretty good. Yeah, uh, so I've not missed it every uh, every chops I've been to since then. I've always got that appetizer. So yeah, it's it's a big hit. The I think yeah. that's like it's it's a staple really of their menu. So not surprised to hear that. You know, um, this wasn't on your cruise, but you mentioned in the note here uh, for for recording this episode. You mentioned that your first cruise, not 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 on a way, I'm not on a way, it's not a royal cruise, but on celebrity. Uh, you actually had your passport stolen. I, I just want it has nothing to do with the cruise we're talking about, but I feel like we need to talk about that. You can't sidestep that one. So, what happened to your passports in Athens? Yeah. So when we got on board the ship, the the people said, "Don't get off the ship without taking your passport with you." And so it was my first cruise. Um, Amanda had been. Cr- cruising quite a bit before here but she kind of went with the flow too and we had copies of our passports we left those on the ship we took our actual passports with us and we went to the acropolis walked all around there walked back down to the base of the acropolis and there's this marble rock that overlooks the acropolis it's a nice photo spot and we're talking to this guy from uh, texas and uh, we're talking with him for like, like 10 or 15 minutes about texas and what he's doing here and everything and then we took his picture with the background, and then he took our picture with the background. And I had my, my backpack with our passports and our guidebook and water bottle. So I set the backpack down right in front of me. It was like two feet in front of my, in front of our feet. He took our picture. It was maybe 30 seconds, 40 seconds. He took our picture. We're talking to the guy for a couple minutes, and Amanda looks down, and uh, she's like, where's our backpack? Where's our backpack? I'm like, well, it was right here. And then... Like then it just turned into like a, a frantic frenzy looking for our backpack. <laughs> it wasn't the guy. It wasn't the guy who took your photo, right? It was no, somebody he's, else. He's, yeah, it was somebody else. Oh, I mean, he, okay. He he might have been in on it, but it, that we still don't know to this day who took our backpack and how it all wow. worked out. Because because I mean I couldn't believe it. It was it was gone. There was no. No, no sign of our backpack or anything. And the guy offered, like, hey, I can go get you lunch. There's a lunch spot over here. So, I mean, he's a very friendly thief if he is involved <laughs> in stealing our stuff. But, yeah, uh, our, our passports were stolen. And we still made the best of our day. I mean, I still had our money and our, our camera. So the only thing we lost was our passports, guidebook, water bottle. So what did you have to do with the, in, in terms of the passports? Because obviously you still need those passports, if nothing else, to get back home. Exactly. So we had our pass, our CPAS cards with us. So we finished our tour, caught a taxi back to the cruise port, got on board the ship, and then we told the, the, the guest services what happened. They were very understanding of everything. They said, 
stand by and then we'll we'll call you. So they set up a whole thing in Malta, which was our next stop, like two days later. We were at sea for one day and then Malta was our next stop. And they arranged everything at the U.S. Embassy to get us new passports. Like they set oh, up wow. the taxi ride to the U.S. Embassy and everything. They even took our pictures on board the ship in the photo center for our passports. So we had everything we needed to go get our passports remade. So that was Monday, November 10th, I think. So we got there. The guards at the gate were like, hey, hey, don't let your taxi driver leave. We're closed. We're like, what? Celebrity, like they, they arranged it. They told us to come here and get new passports. We're closed. It's Veterans Day. Oh. oh. <laughs> so that's one thing when you're on vacation, you lose track of holidays and things back yeah. in the state. So we're like, oh, shoot. So he made a, co- a call, and the lady that's in charge of the place was off that day, of course, for being Veterans Day, but she was going to come in the office and make our passports for us. It would just be a couple hours. So we went and toured around the little town there next to the U.S. Embassy for a few hours, and then we got new passports and got a taxi ride back to the port, and we were good to go for the rest of the trip. I guess so the only I, was, I guess it was lucky that you were able to have another stop along the way uh, to be able to stop because if you had gone if that was your last stop and then you were going back, I mean I, you were in Europe. I guess it'd be a little less of an issue that well, I don't know. It may still be an issue. I don't know. But the point is that <laughs> yeah. at least you had that opportunity. Although uh, I guess it's interesting they still let you off the ship. You know what I mean? Yeah, they we had our C pass card, so we had the our our passport was still attached to our account. So okay. they, they, they still let us off. They let us go get our new passports. So they didn't seem to have an issue with it. But from that point on, all the cruises from that point on, our passports never left our safe. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, Brent, I really appreciate you uh, joining us here and sharing your first uh, cruise experience on Oasis. And for those, again, this was a 2015 cruise, but fear not. Brent has yeah. <laughs> done and will do more Royal Caribbean cruises since then. So for it's, sure. it, it's all good. Yeah. Will do. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks for uh, thanks for joining us on this podcast. Thank you. All right, friends. Time to answer your listener emails. This is the part of the podcast where I dig into the email inbox to answer your cruise questions, whether it's about an actual cruise sailing or, well, these days it's probably about something else, something related to Royal Caribbean. We're here to do so. If they have a question or a comment or some insight, would love to hear about it. And you can always send them to me by emailing it to Matt M A T T at royalcaribbeanblog.com. Our first email this week is from Keith, writes, I've been listening to your uh, 2017 podcast, and you mentioned you did Kennedy Space Center from Port Canaveral through Royal Caribbean's Excursion. We're planning that as well for a cruise. I was wondering if you thought it was as easily doable on your own with Lyft or Uber, or would it be better to go with a Royal Caribbean Excursion? Hmm, that's a good question. Thank you for the, thanks for that email. Um, You know, the basically what, what Keith is alluding to, if you don't know, um, the Kennedy Space Center is really close to the port in Port Canaveral. It's, I think, not even a 30-minute ride. It's it's a lot less. Uh, it's more that the road is not quite as direct than its location. I mean, as the bird flies, you could, you know, it's it's really close. But anyway, in terms of uh, doing it through Royal or on our own, the, you know, why did I go? I think originally I booked it through Royal Caribbean because I think originally I wanted to book like a guide kind of thing. And then the only thing ended up being was on our own. The nice thing about the transportation option, um, number one, we went in 2017. In 2017, Lyft and Uber weren't really a thing, certainly not in Florida. 
So that was part of the reason why I didn't go in that route. Certainly taxis do exist, but I think I went in that direction, Keith, because back then it was a little harder to, to come by to get those transportation options. Today, it's a whole different ball game, right? Lyft and Uber are easy to do. And obviously my number one concern is being stuck somewhere, so to speak. And going through Royal, we had plenty of time to do so. In fact, I probably would have preferred to go on my own just because it, gave us, it would have given us a little more time to maybe do another exhibit or two because we didn't have enough time to do it all. So um, I think if your choice is the is the on your own excursion or on your own, on your own, I might pick just simply doing it on your own uh, because it, you know, it allows you a little more flexibility as long as you're okay with the time. That's the other issue here. You know, if you have, it depends on what time you dock at Pork and Arable. Sometimes they get in like really early, like you know, 7 a.m. Um, if you're, if, but if you've got plenty of time, if you're not under the gun, I think doing it on your own is perfectly fine. I wouldn't really have much qualms about that. I'm sure there are regular taxis there anyway to get you back, but you know, in terms of cost, I don't think it was anything more than that. The only reason I go through Royal really would be that if some of the organized tours allow you to bypass lines, uh, specifically lines to that, you know, you need to go through to see certain exhibits or areas of the Kennedy Space Center. I think, I could be wrong on this, but I think one of the guided tours allowed you to bypass the bus line to get to the launch area, the space shuttle uh, assembly building. Um, that area you need to take a bus to get there. And it's fine, there's just a line there in order to wait for the next bus. Um, but I think the groups were able to bypass that somehow. Again, it's been a number of years, but I would look at what they offer and just kind of compare and contrast that. And uh, Keith also wants to know, at Perfect Day Cookie, if you're picking between South Beach and Chill Island Cabanas, which way would you go? Ooh, that's a tough one. Man, um, I you know, I don't even know how, because they, they're both obviously great beaches. They're both pretty secluded. I mean, Shill Island, or sorry, South Beach is, is more secluded than Shill Island. It's far more remote. I mean, South Beach is, there's a buffer. Um, you've got South Beach, which is at the extreme east end of the island. And then you've got Cocoa Beach Club next to it, and then the regular part of the island. So if you're really saying, Matt, I want to have the most remote possible experience with the least amount of people, then South Beach is the way to go. Chill Island is not like busy by any means, but you'll get a lot more other people there. There's there's still a snack shack location at either one to, to take care of your food. There's bar service there. I'm not sure that would really worry me. Yeah, I think it's really concerned if you're gonna do, if you wanted to do something else other than the cabana, like you wanted to go to one of the restaurants, you were gonna do, uh, I don't know, the zip line or the balloon, uh, perhaps then Chill Island might make more sense because it'd be a shorter commute, but South Beach is pretty easy to get to. It's pretty, there's nothing like it's like a mile away, far front. And of course, both options, regardless of which cabana you choose, do have the tram service available to you. So really and truly, if it were up to me, I'd just pick whichever one was cheaper and go in that direction. So thank you, Heath, for the email. Our next email is from Phil, and he wants to know, if I fly into Fort Lauderdale, is there any shuttle service taking me to the cruise port of Miami? You know, there may or may not be. I mean, Royal Caribbean does offer transfer services, Phil, so you can buy a transfer through Royal Caribbean assuming you come in the same day of your cruise. But honestly, if I were, if it were me again, I would do Lyft or Uber. I think Lyft or Uber is very convenient. It's probably gonna be cheaper. Uh, it provides you to move on your schedule. So when you get to the airport, you get your luggage, you can hail that Lyft or Uber and you're ready to go, as opposed to waiting for a bus or something like that. That's what the transfers are. Um, so it allows you to move on your schedule, do other things. Maybe you have some extra time and you want to go somewhere else and make a pit stop somewhere. You can do that, you know? So I would greatly prefer and advocate using, I think, Lyft or Uber to get you to wherever you're, you want to go, whether it is straight to the cruise port, to an area attraction, whatever the case may be. 
But that's what I would do. I think it's gonna be cheaper anyway. And to me, I feel like I get more control over it, if you will. Next email is from Mark who writes, I'm traveling in 2021 on a seven night Eastern Caribbean cruise on Symphony of the Seas. Is there generally complimentary beer and wine um, from 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. in the suite lounge for grants we guess. I understand there's complimentary hors d'oeuvres and cocktails in the evenings. Uh, Mark, thanks for the email. The answer is uh, no, the, the cocktails, the beer and wine is in the evening, not in the daytime as an example. So you can sometimes, I think, get from the concierge, like, I think if you like a can of Coke or something like that or a bottle of water, that's usually not a problem. I've seen that happen. But like beer and wine, generally not. Um, it's certainly not out, Mark. Um, as I'm saying all this, I'm sure I've seen somebody say, hey, can I get a can of you know Corona? And they've got it you know underneath the desk where the Cokes are. I'm not sure about that. I can't promise you that. But generally speaking, the hours in which you get the complimentary alcohol is going to be in the evening in the sweet lounge. And you're right about the hors d'oeuvres and the cocktails there. So, uh, but in the daytime, generally not. And our last email today, I had a giggle at this one, is from uh, David Weeks. He says, I may not be a famous poet, but these muse speaks I have to write. I submit for you and your listeners two of my limericks. They called it the COVID-19. No cruise is, in truth, what it means. So I'm drinking at home, lava flows all alone, enjoying my Winjamere dreams. <laughs> and his next one is, a stake on the alert of the seas, the sun in the Caribbean breeze, but it's all just a dream because of COVID-19. I'm at home with my Kraft Mac and cheese. <laughs> I love these. These are great. My goodness, David, I have not heard something as entertaining as uh, since I've heard the man from Nantucket. Great, great limericks there. Appreciate that. Thank you, David. Thank you, everybody, for this week's episode of the Royal Comedy Blog Podcast. Hope you enjoy that. And of course, if you have an email or a limerick to share with me, please feel free to email it to matt, M-A-T-T, at royalcaribbeanblog.com. So until next time, I'm Matt Hotchberg, and we'll talk again soon.